Good morning. Uh, if you don't know, my name is Jed Shermer. I am the new youth minister here, and I am blessed with the opportunity to speak to you guys this morning. Um, and so this last week was actually my first week, and so it was quite the week to be able to start it off with VBS, and it was so much fun to, to be here and just to hang out with the, with the kids and the volunteers and to get to know um, a lot of you. And, and just forewarning, I'm not good with names, so if I did meet you at any point and I forget your name, please forgive me. Um, I'm working on that. Um, but no, VBS was so much fun. Um, and as you, again, as we talked about, the, the motto for the week was God is with us wherever we go. And we had some awesome teachers to, to every day tell some different stories. We looked at that. Um, and I had the opportunity to, to teach on Friday, and I talked about Paul and, and God sending him. And, and Paul just has such an extraordinary life. I thought I'd talk a little bit about him um, this, some more this morning. Um, but in my study of Paul, I realized that he's not the type of person you want to tell a story around, um, you know, because he's, he's always going to have one that one-ups you. Uh, so, you know, you might be like, oh, yeah, the other day I was, I was uh, tubing out on Blue Lake, and it was crazy. The boat turned sharp corner, and it flew me off, and, and I skipped across the water. And, and Paul would be like, yeah, 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 that, that reminds me of this one time when I was on this boat and ended up shipwrecked and then floated in the ocean for a day and a half. You know, it's like... Thanks, thanks, Paul. Um, but Paul, he had such an extraordinary life, and so I wanted to look at that. Um, and so as I was writing this sermon, I wanted to come up with a way to describe his relationship with God, to describe his relationship with Jesus. And I was having a hard time doing this until I came across a way that he describes himself. And he does this in the beginning of Romans, Philippians, and Titus. And in those letters, it opens up with Paul a servant of Christ Jesus. Now, I know at first that doesn't sound all that impressive or very different than the way we would describe many of our relationships with Jesus. Um, but as I was studying, I realized that the word here, servant, um, actually could be translated slave at the same time. So Paul could be describing himself as a slave of Christ. And that has a little bit different of a meaning behind it. It has a little bit more of a punch behind it. And so to get a good grasp of what Paul is talking about here, we need to understand what it meant to be a slave in that time period. Now, um, the slavery in the time of Paul was very different than how we think of it today um, in American history. It was very different. It didn't quite have the negative connotation that it does today. Um, I found that uh, historians estimate around 85 to 90 percent of Rome and the Italy Peninsula were slaves or from slave descent. Um, and so that's, that's quite a drastic number. And the reason for this is because um, children of slaves were also counted as slaves. And then they were also, it wasn't like in American history, they could earn their freedom. Uh, they could um, save money and end up purchasing their freedom from their owner. And so that's why that, that number is so high. Um, but slavery in the time of Paul was not only normal, but it was an integral part of Roman society. And so when Paul talks about being a servant of Christ or a slave of Christ, people of that time understood exactly what he was talking about. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning is what does it mean when Paul says that he is a servant of Christ, that he is a slave of Christ? And so first of all, Paul is declaring who his master is. Uh, slaves in this time period were very de uh, devoted to one master. 
Um, and, and as we know, their property, and so that's what they had to be. They couldn't serve other masters. They served one. And so Paul is saying that he serves Christ and only Christ. There's nothing else to separate him. There's nothing else that he's going to serve. And the interesting thing about this is although a slave would serve one master, for a person in Rome or Italy in this time period to serve one God, that was completely backwards. Um, even today we know that the Romans and the Greeks, they had entire pantheons of gods that they worshipped. And for Paul to say, you know, in this time period that I worship one God, I serve one God, that was bold. That was bold of him. And um, as we go through this, we have to remember that these, this is the opening of his letters to different churches. Um, Paul, a servant of Christ, this is how he opens his letters. And so as Paul writes this, he's not only declaring his devotion to Christ, um, but that these churches that he's writing to need to have the same mindset, that they need to be of the same mind as him, that they need to have their devotion in Christ alone. They need to follow his example and be different than society in the ways that they worship many gods and just worship one. Now, the second thing we can derive uh, from this phrase of Paul's is that a slave oftentimes was very dependent on their master. Um, that's oftentimes why they were a slave. They, they needed to be um, provided for. And so they would rely on their master to provide basic needs of everyday life, their food, their shelter, their protection. They would rely on their master for that. And so when Paul says he's a servant of Christ, he's saying, I am dependent on Christ. I'm going to rely on him to provide for my everyday needs. And as we look at the life of Paul, we can see that. I mean, he traveled hundreds of miles walking around, um, probably a lot of times wondering where he was going to get his meal. And so he would rely on Christ to provide those needs. Um, on the third day of VBS, we talked about how God gives us strength. Um, and this is another area where Paul really relied on God to completely provide that for him. Paul got his strength from God. And so we read that in Philippians 4, and so I'm going to be reading um, verses 10 through 13. Uh, Paul writes, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know that what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Um, now, as you saw with the characters came up, Ollie, um, the octopus, Krabby Crab, and then the, the fishermen, um, we, had, we had different skits every day to go with the, the theme of the day. And so the day when we were talking about strength, that God gives us strength, uh, the fisherman came up and, and uh, she was going to lift a weight because God was going to give her strength. She had, I think it was just a, a five-pound weight. Um, but she was going to lift that because God gave her strength and she was getting all pumped and she was about to do it. And, and her friends remind her, you know, that, hey, that, that's not quite what God means when he gives us strength. Um, and so when Paul writes here, that's, that's not what he's talking about either. And Paul is talking about the fact that he has gone through a lot. Um, being on his journey with Christ, uh, being shipwrecked or beaten or stoned or thrown in prison, he went through a lot of different things. 
but he relied on Christ and got his strength to endure those things. And so through it all, Paul depends on God. The third thing that Paul is saying when he calls himself a servant of Christ is that his entire livelihood is dedicated to the service of the master. Um, slaves, they were, that's what they did. They worked for the master. They earned their keep um, by doing different jobs, whether it was keeping care of the crops or cleaning the house or um, cooking for him or doing different things for the master. That's, that's how they, they earn their keep. And so um, now Paul, he didn't earn his keep with Jesus by doing work for him. That's not, that's not how that works. Um, but he did it because he understands the importance that doing work for Jesus, that it carries, you know, the importance of it. Paul understood that spreading the news of Jesus and his love carried importance, and he wanted to be able to do that for his master. Um, but just, just think with me um, for a second about that. That's ever since Paul was converted, um, back on the Damascus Road, he was converted, and he became a follower of Christ, he spent his entire rest of his life only doing the work of Jesus. Think about the amount of, uh, of trust and dedication and love that would take to be able to go on every day, no matter what was going to happen. You know, I think of a lot of Christians, if after being thrown in prison or being beaten once for their faith, they might not be so bold. They might step back a little bit, you know. But Paul did the opposite. It seems that through every challenge that he faced... He only became more in love with Jesus. He only became bolder in his faith because of it. And the other interesting thing about this is, yes, we are sent out to do the work of Jesus, but our master doesn't just send us out. He's not just like, hey, see you later. No, Jesus comes with us. He comes with us to do the work. And that was the theme for the week. You know, God is with us wherever we go. And so the question I have for you this morning is, are we servants of Christ? I say we because I'm part of this just as much as you are, but do we declare obedience to him and only him? Or are there things in our life that tend to slip in between the two of us? You know, we live in an increasingly materialistic world, um, and it's becoming easier and easier to let things come in between our relationship with Christ. Can we say without a shadow of doubt that Jesus is first? And next um, part of this is how much do we depend on Christ in our everyday needs? Can we put our worries beside and rely on God to provide to take care of us? Now this by no means just sit back in your recliner and wait to see what happens. Um, but we should, we should rely on God. Um, and so instead of um, we need to take our daily worries and put them in Jesus. Say, is this something that Jesus can take care of? And I, I think we get our prayers mixed up sometimes because sometimes we say, uh, and it's, there's nothing wrong with saying, Jesus, please solve this. But maybe sometimes we need to pray, Jesus, can you just get me through this? <laughs> you know, can you help me endure through this no matter the result? Um, being newly married, two weeks Friday, um, yeah, exciting, um, having a year left of college and now having a new job, there's a lot of things that I could, you know, worry about, and sometimes I do, 
And so I really have to pause and remind myself at times, um, you know, that God can get me through this. And it also helps to look at people like Paul, who, you know, he went through so much to look at his life and be like, if Paul can get through that, then I can get through what's ever going on in my life. And the last thing is, how much of what we do is devoted to the work of the master? Now, I don't mean that we have to quit our jobs and go full-time missionary like Paul did, um, but how many opportunities are we taking advantage of in doing his work like spreading the news of Christ? If we want to be servants of Christ, then serving him should obviously be a large priority. Um, One thing I said in my lesson on Friday uh, is that one way we can know that God is sending us is by the opportunities he gives us. Okay? One way that we can know God is sending us is by the opportunities he provides for us. God sending us doesn't have to necessarily mean traveling hundreds of miles. It might, but it also might mean reaching out to our coworker who we know is struggling with something. Or reaching out to our neighbor that we don't really know, but we'll wave to them occasionally. If we want to be servants, We need to recognize and take advantage of these opportunities. Uh, Calling ourselves a servant of Christ is a bold statement. It has weight, it has meaning behind it. Paul understood this, and he was an incredible example for us in this. He was obedient, dependent, and devoted to his master. So if us sitting here today want to be able to call ourselves a servant of Christ or a slave of Christ, then the question is, how willing are we to make it true? Let's pray. Uh, Dear God, we love you, and we just thank you for everything you have done for us. We thank you that um, you will go with us wherever we go. Um, We thank you for the success that VBS was, and we just pray that the students got something out of it that they learned a little bit more about you and came out on the other end uh, more in love with you. Uh, We thank you for the example that Paul has set in our life, uh, and we just want to try and live up to that. We want to be your servant. We want to serve you, God. And so be with us and, and continue to give us those opportunities to reach out to the people around us that we can share the love of Christ with them. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.